0: Um, this is gonna be a very personal episode. I'm going to touch on a bunch of things or revisit some things that I've talked about in the last couple of episodes. Uh, I'm going to do some sharing about myself. Um, talk a little about a little bit about some biblical stuff. Um, and I'm going to try not to really mess none of that up. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's part of this discussion. Um, this is the, um, let me get my my sound stuff together here. Uh, this is the, by the way, this is the, it's always personal podcast. My name is wood. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate a lot of the, uh, the uptick in listens or plays or whatever, uh, download streams, whatever you want to call it. Uh, The numbers have been pretty decent lately. So, you know, I must be doing something right. Uh, With that in mind, I would like to invite you to help me out. Um, Wherever you listen to the show, to the podcast, please subscribe to it. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please uh, leave a rating or, uh, you know, four or five star, please. Take it a step further. I would appreciate a um a review. A review. If you would like to get in touch with me or know who I am, you know, put a put a face to a name or a voice, uh, you can catch me on Instagram at waterbed <clears throat> underscore reg R E G. Um also you would help me out with building a trying to build a community if you would share the uh you know if you would share links to the podcast um one person that i'm getting ready to talk about again today uh which kind of infuriated me in a to a degree um uh, with this conversation that i'm getting ready to have on Jason Whitlock um I'm looking at his comment section on his YouTube channel and I, I can't believe the people that are buying this shit. I can't believe the pe- he he's, he's branding his thing as like his fearless army. That's that's, that's the name of his YouTube channel fearless and his podcast is fearless with Jason Whitlock or whatever. And now it's, it's legions of listeners talking about, I'm proud to join the fearless army. I'm proud to be a member, you know, pay $5 or whatever it is to be a member of the fearless army. And, um, I'm like, I mean, it's hundreds, this, this, this topic I'm getting ready to talk to is really basic as shit. It's truly basic. Uh, but, So uh, he fool he's fooling people somehow and it's all under the guise of Christianity and him being a good Christian. And that's why I'm going to talk about some of this biblical stuff. Cause I'm really confused on what kind of, what brand of Christianity the the, the brother is peddling? But, but uh for those that are like, would, why do you continue to keep listening to, uh to Whitlock? I'll get into that. I'll get into that. As, as I'm talking through these other things, why I said this is going to be personal is because I got a little, I'm, I'm, I'm going back with this whole thing with the Whitlock thing. I'm talking about masculinity again. And then I got to share a story with my father and I'm going to use that as an example. And then, um, also, so that, so that's two topics right there. My dad and masculinity uh, a further discussion on masculinity and then i also want to revisit the whole dave chappelle thing and talk about this sister lanae Vene, who has a youtube channel by the way um i just had pulled it up so you can check this out I-, I didn't get audio this week i'm not gonna sit here and waste my time chopping up some of this stuff but lanae has she killing it she's killing it thousand subscribers with just 42 videos. I might have 800 videos on my channel. I have 1100 video uh, subscribers and it's been like that for like seven months now, since I quit talking about boxing. Uh, but Lene is L Y N A E capital V A N E E. And she does these things on Thursdays. I believe it might be Friday when they come out this, this parking lot pimp or parking lot, tea reading, whatever this thing, this thing is that's taken off for her. She, she was in Los Angeles and New York this past weekend doing meet and greets. I believe her background is in education, but last week she did her, uh, she did her, it's a three and a half minute series where she reads, she, she tackles the biggest headline of the week and usually it's about white supremacy or oppression or discrimination, bias, bigotry, usually it's something like that. And so last week she talked about Dave, she she spoke out about Dave Chappelle's the closer, his special. And then she's she's also she's doubled down and kind of now that this is taking off for her, she's going back and making a comments show to deal with those viewers who, you know, basically challenge her, question her, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. And she takes the comments and she makes another, she makes a, uh, you like a companion show. She's killing it too. Like I said, man, I've been on 1100 subscribers for forever. And I just noticed like as much as I didn't think boxing was, you know, doing shit since I quit talking about boxing. Uh, I haven't had a new subscriber. I think I had plus one in like the last ninety days. Uh, but Lene Vinet, she went and had this trans woman, uh, I can't remember ho- hope something. Uh this trans woman. So it's a it's an individual who was born a man who uh she has on and I think that person has a big social media presence or YouTube channel of their own or an Instagram account of their own. And that's why she went in Got this person, but basically Lene, Lene, Vene's whole read, if you will, of, of Dave Chappelle was that you used all this comedy to further injure and further harm or encourage harm to black transgender people. All at the expense, you know, all making all of your jokes at the expense of their safety. So I'm gonna talk again, I'm talking I'm coming from black, I'm coming from masculinity and and, and 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 like black men's masculinity, which I did an episode on a few episodes ago. Um they had like this twenty five or thirty minute talk on um going through these comments and the and the trans woman hope good body or hope Goodwell or something. Uh you know. They they extended the conversation um for for like $5 or something and you can watch the entire discussion on Lene Nay's Facebook page. I didn't have time for that. I I made a couple of videos on YouTube about the closer and and where I am with uh the transgender thing. I don't have a lot to say there. I'm gonna touch on this a little bit you know whatever whatever uh so that's three things. Jason Whitlock. And this is Jason Whitlock coming at Jalen Rose. It's a, it's an it's episode he had on his podcast this week where he calls out Jalen Rose because Jalen Rose did like Randy Moss. And after Jalen, after Jason Whitlock made fun of Molly Karim Rose, Jalen's wife, who was the moderator on first Take, he, he gets to talking greasy, about Molly Karim not basically being an airhead and she's only there because she's a supermodel and then he started doing his impersonation which is really taking off which is really becoming something that his subscribers that Whitlock subscribers love and and, and applaud him for but he starts making fun of Molly Karim and then Jalen Rose responded on Instagram or something shit I don't know and was basically like, "Bruh, uh, if if we need to, if you know, if 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 that's what you, if that's where you want to take it, like we can put these microphones and these cameras aside, and when I see you somewhere, I can bust that ass." And then, and then Jason Whitlock turns around on his episode and calls out Jalen Rose and says that that was a feminine reaction to. Whitlock making a valid point. It's funny because. It's funny because. This is my my summer. Uh, what is the, my summation uh, or how it would would sum up Jason Whitlock? He's the referee who always throws the flag at the second person. When the second person retaliates, that's when Jason Whitlock throws the flag. That might be the title of this this episode somehow uh Derek chauvin and, and George Floyd he says basically zero about Derek chauvin basically says zero about Derek chauvin he, heart, he he condemns and crucifies the the being and the existence of George Floyd spends two seconds on Derek chauvin, uh Derek chauvin the police officer, the former police officer in Minneapolis who killed, uh, you know, who, who leaned on, knelt, knelt down on the neck of uh, George Floyd for nine minutes. He says very little about him, a police officer. He'll tell you George Floyd's whole history that we've come to learn. Same thing with John Gruden two weeks, a week and a half ago says very little about John Gruden's, Attitudes and 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 uh, point of view, and the hatred and, and all the 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 vulgar and the offensive shit that he said tells you everything about Randy Moss. He's the referee who throws the who pulls the flag out or blows the whistle on the retaliator. That's how I sum that cat up. Okay, so let me get into my intro. Uh, let me clean up one thing really quick. I said last week about this uh this uh this monument in um in Kentucky, this obelisk that's like a, a miniature version of the uh the Washington Monument. I said that that was erected in honor of Robert E. Lee. I was thinking about the uh the General Lee with the Dukes of Hazard it being in, in uh, it being uh the uh what the hell was the name of that show? The Duke, yeah, the Duke's a hazard, and so not looking at my details and everything, I forgot that 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 monument is actually, uh, it memorializes Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederacy. Um, this obelisk is three hundred and fifty feet tall, and it's the like the central piece of this park. That is a uh, this national uh, not not a, a state park, um, uh, in you know in in um Jefferson Davis's honor. The reason why it's there is because Jefferson Davis was born in that area of uh he was born in that area of Kentucky in that county or that town or whatever it is. Um, that's where he was born, so that's why that monument is there. Uh, I'm only gonna I, I did some reading this week on the. United Daughters of the Confederacy who paid for this I believe they paid for that uh or or raised the funding for that that memorial as many of these statues from the Confederacy I'm not going I'm not going to harp on this right now um I'm just saying that I'll sum everything up that I was saying last episode and that it's it's a difference in remembering somebody or memorializing them and then it's it's also doing something on a level to like glorify that person and celebrate them for being a champion of your cause and that's that's something that I don't know how we reconcile all of this with with, with what was going on in the south with them, uh you know, because they say heritage, and that's what's on um the United Daughters of the Confederacy. That's that's what's on their website. We just want to main uh, maintain and preserve our heritage, but central to that heritage is the justification of slavery. I'm not. That's not my opinion. That's not critical race theory. I don't even know what that shit is. CR I don't I haven't even looked at what that is. But you can't we you can't separate the two. You can't separate the two. So when you go to live somebody and I, and I can do the whole thing that we understand what the thinking was at the time I can totally understand it's fucked up It's pure evil. But this was, this was like, this was at the core of the Confederacy was maintaining slavery because that was the economic generator and how the South became as powerful as it did. It's, it's, it's so much more there, but I was saying for the young the 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 uh, the coworker who wanted to make the 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 offhanded comment that what is taking these you know what does that do to remove in, to remove these statues what is it what does that do what, what 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 do we really need to do or what are we gaining by doing that this is our history yeah but we're not understanding our history. I think this monument was put up in like 1930, 1921. I'm gonna look stupid if I try to tell you off the top of my head when the end of the civil war ended, but look up, look up the lost cause, the concept of the lost cause. Look at the history of the United Daughters of the Confederacy. It is what it is. I read a good article about it uh, maybe from 2018. Uh, you know, it was from the Louisville. I almost reached out to the uh to the to the author of that article to try to get a comment about it. But it is what it is, you know. Do they tear that down? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Do the people go to the park? Does every person that goes goes to that park? Do they understand what the what who Jefferson Davis is? Do they understand what that monument means? Do they question the Confederacy and I don't know. Some people a lot, probably 50% of the people, I would I would I would be that lenient probably 50% of the people was just like, man, we going here to barbecue some shit and spend some time together. It's a park. It's an open space. And that's it. What the what is this shit? Jefferson Davis, whatever this shit is, that's where we going. It's probably a large number of people who don't even know. It probably is. So I just wanted to clear that up. It was that, that monument was not for general Robert E. Lee. Um, the, uh, it was for Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. Uh, one of the things that I heard a long time ago, I wish I could find, I don't know if I heard this read this in an article back in the day. I don't know if I, it was a video, if it was an interview a video interview that I watched or whatever, or if it was, I don't know what it was, but I I know I heard this from Nas. And it might've even been, it might've even been something that he said in either the aughts or maybe the early 20 teens. Uh, But it was around the time an album was coming out and he said, maybe uh, I don't know where I heard this from him. It's not necessarily that I agree with it, 100%, a hundred percent. I just like the fact that he that he was thoughtful enough to talk about it, and I think it was a, 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 a it, it could spark off a much larger conversation, especially when we get to looking at masculinity. But Nas said in the story of Adam and Eve, he said if you look at it, how it played out, it made woman nigger or the nigger. His words, not mine, but a lot of stuff in this country has been blamed on the nigga, nigger, nigger. Um, it's a disliked figure. Oftentimes it was an oppressed figure during slavery with no rights, illiterate, you know, no freedom. But he said the way that the, uh, the way that this, the story played out with Eve listening to the serpent, I believe, and eating from the tree of, uh, the tree of life. And then when, um, God came through and called out Adam and Adam was like, why well, hid? Because I was naked. And God was like, how do you know? Who told you you were naked? And then God goes and does something, and I like I said, I don't know all the details here. Go look, go read this stuff for yourself. But there was some, there was some, you know, some, some punishment was given out for them being uh, disobedient. And one of the things with with uh, like the serpent, I think, was supposed to be on its belly to rest forever after. And then That might be a lie right there. That might be a lie. But uh, Eve was like, well, you know, you'll pay for this sin with childbirth. I hope I got some of this shit right. The major thing was that Nas said that with everything being blamed on the women and, and wrecking paradise or the Garden of Eden and how everything was perfect and balanced until she went, And was manipulated by the serpent. And now a lot of a, a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, now moving forward, and the fact that woman was made from man in in the book, his rib was removed and and, and all that. Uh, and and a lot of brothers just run out here, just black and white. You know, their understanding or interpretation was that the man that the woman was made for the man. However, they want to look at that shit and, and, and make that that's 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 what I hear a lot of cats say. The Bible says something about a help, a help me or help me. I think it might be help me. And I need to, I should have looked some of this stuff up and wrote some notes down. I thought it was a help me. Anyway, but I'm hearing all of this stuff about masculinity and that's where Jason Whitlock gets all worked up in this episode this week and talking about he wants to be fully masculine. He wants masculinity to rule everything, you know, to to, to lead the way in everything. He says that Jalen Rose was not responding to him in a masculine way by Wanting to beat his ass for talking about his wife, he says that was feminine and feminine energy that Jalen Rose was giving off, and because Jalen Rose didn't call him by his name in this video. It's funny how people turn stuff around on you. When he clear he said in there, he's like, I'm fifty, I'm 54 years old. I don't, I'm fat. I don't want to fight anybody. Well, you shouldn't be talking about people's wives on your show. You shouldn't talk shit dead if you don't want any smoke. How is it not masculine for a man to protect the honor of his wife or to protect those in his home? Under his responsibility. I'm confused as hell. Um, but I'll come back to that. I'll get into the Jason like thing. I just always thought that was an interesting statement from Nas. That the woman has basically been, been made out to be the nigger, the fall guy, from the story of Adam and Eve. I'm gonna take a break, come back and start with this thing, this, 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 uh, this, this example of, of my dad and my confusion with masculinity. I'm going to share some shit about myself. I've talked about this before. I or I've hinted around it. Um my relationship with both of my parents has really been um, um hmm, not a not a positive in my life. I'm not trying to really point the fingers. I, it's just Communication is difficult. Awareness is difficult. We talk about these generational curses and and, 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 and things. Um, I'll make a note for this Lene Vene uh, topic. So long story short, me and my wife moved into our, we had a house built three years ago or almost three years. I think it might be three years in February. Um, My dad has not been over to my house. We had a falling out before. And I don't even think it was really a falling out as much as it was. It was another, it was one of in, in a long. In a, in a, in a string of times where I, I broke the silence. I mended the fence or I said, I I, I apologize or I, I reinitiated our relationship. I just said I wasn't doing it this time. And my dad bowls. So typically what I would do is when the communication went dead, I felt like the, the, uh, the, uh, the bowling alley was a safe space. And I would go up there on his bowl on, on a Saturday, the, the the biggest league in the city. And I would just show up and then we would talk. And then three minutes into the shit, everything is resolved. Cause he just didn't know how to say sorry. He know he doesn't know how to say sorry or I apologize. He doesn't know how to wait well, shitty. I just told you he couldn't come to my house he don't know where he didn't know where I lived, but I would be, I would humble myself. I would show deference to him. I would allow him to win. I would allow him to feel good. And I would go to him and then we talk and resolve our bullshit. And then we we never re- would, would resolve the problem. Two minutes after being there, he asking me about the Washington football team, my team. And then it's, and that's what, that's what men do. That's probably some masculine shit. Don't talk about the issue so it can be avoided in the future. Just get to that comfortable shit that we like. But, um, I moved into the new house and then I said, once again, I said, man, let me, let me mend the fence. And when we moved in, I said, Hey, uh, and I, it was a text message. I mean, you can say it's passive aggressive if you want. Again, I've, well, I'm going to waste time with that. But I said, uh, Hey, uh, I know we haven't talked. And I said, I, I couldn't get us together over the last several months because we actually lived with my in-laws while the house was being constructed. I said, but we're in the house. We're settled down now. I said, uh, my wife has some stuff to go do this weekend uh, how about you come over to the house and we go get uh we go get some lunch. We can either bring the lunch back here or we can eat at the place. But, you know, I at least can show you where my where my home is and where I live. I never got a response. One way or the other. And I was like, OK, well, I said, well, I tell you what, I'm not going to the fucking bowling alley this time. I'm not doing shit this time that's it I'm done with the shit um somehow or another there was some communication he did initiate like a text I don't know if he said something on my birthday or maybe it was Christmas I don't know but he, he he reached out first so I said okay I said well I'll try again Would you like to come over? And uh, so we were supposed to go do lunch again. And I was doing i guess something else came up and. um, But I I communicated, though, I said, hey, I'm down here. I'm in Columbus with my with my mother. They're divorced and never been on good terms ever since. Shit, that was like 88. But I said, hey, I'm down here with my mother. She's I'm, I'm, I'm taking her to a doctor's appointment. Um, I said, as soon as I get back into the city, we go do this lunch. I'm, I'm keeping him abreast of what's going on and h- how much time this is taking. I thought I would have been back sooner. So then when I call and say, uh, or I text or something while I'm out in the parking lot, waiting for my mom to come out, he, he's like, well, I'm hungry. I'm hungry now. And he says, well, I'm gonna go on and get some, I'm gonna go on and eat, bro. I'm, I'm gonna go on and eat. And I said, "All right, well, you know, you know, my bad. You know, uh, you know, I had to bring my mom down here to this. You know, I was, who else was going to take her?" I said, "But um, you know, well, let me know when you want to go do the lunch thing." He never made no attempt to reschedule. First of all, I'm pissed off, like, bro, you can't eat a fucking orange, you can't eat a ba- a-, a-, a little bag of a little grab bag of chips or something, and we reach and 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 you. Wait another hour or something like you just like, fuck it. Just no type of problem solving whatsoever. Cool. I said, I tell you, I tell my wife, I'm like, you know what? I had scheduled the shit. Bruh's like, I ain't waiting. I'm eating now. Fuck you. Basically what he, maybe he didn't know it, but that's what he basically told me was fuck your day. Fuck your, your lunch and all that shit. Cool, bruh. This masculinity for me. Um, so that was it, you know, and I was like, I'm done, you know, again, I'm back on my shit. I'm a little, you, at some point in time, you have to give people the same amount of priority that they give you. It's a saying out there. Don't ever be when you a convenience to somebody, um, you know, don't make them a priority to you. I, I can't remember what the saying is, but I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really with that shit. I'm really with that. I, I'm a. I'm a, I, That's what. That's how we moving forward. Fast forward to earlier this week, we had a couple of with the NFL season starting, uh, and there had been a couple of soft, passive aggressive uh, text messages, you know. But again, I'm like how fucking hard is it? If we both watch football. Why wouldn't you, how come you just can't say, Hey son, even if you don't want to come to my house, he's a Steelers fan. And they played Buffalo in week one. And I thought about, you know, I'll go over there and watch the game with him. But I was like, fuck that. You got to ask me, bro. You got to invite me. You have to think about me you have to make me a fucking priority. I'm not the, I'm not the father here, but I've been doing the apologizing and the, in the mending and the, 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 the maintenance on a relationship for over 20 fucking years. When you going to be a leader, when you going to show some goddamn masculinity, bro, that's where I was with it. So, uh, fast forward to earlier this week, before seven a.m., I get a text message. I'm in the i'm in i'm i'm at the i'm at the hospital. I'm at the emergency room. Um, I had, I had some pains in my stomach. I already knew what it was because the shit that I watched the, the TV shows that I watch. I had this sharp pain in my stomach uh, when I got up to to uh, to urinate, and uh, they think they're gonna do surgery on me. Okay. So, well, I, I, I come down, you know, I, I'll be down there. Um, so anyway, fat, let's, let's my time. Um, so I go down there. I'm not in the, I'm not in the way in the room with him. Uh, three minutes. And he's asking me about football <laughs> masculinity. Hey, we got to break the ice some way, right? he needs to be comfortable in this situation, right? I let him be. I told you with the, with the racist cat in Kentucky last week, I had to let him win. I'm sitting here letting my dad win this week. I'm gonna let you talk about this comfortable shit that you, that you like to, to you know, so you can feel so we can, you know, what is it? disalarm? uh, A disarm. Yeah. Disarm any kind of tension. Ain't really no tension for me. I'm, I'm here for you, bro. I'm here for you. Who else going to be here? Um, anyway, he gets out of the, uh, he gets, they, they do the procedure. No problem. This is this little situation was something that younger people usually have. Uh, but for some reason it, 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 you know, he had this, this issue and they, Art, they, they needed to do arthroscopic, uh, an arthroscopic procedure to remove something. And, you know, it's low, uh, low chances of anything going wrong. It, was, it ended up, it, you know, he was in pain and whatnot and they got him together. They, they patched him up, got him on his way. Um, my younger brother who I haven't seen in over probably two, maybe two years for some other masculinity shit masculinity related shit and um I go to I'm I'm waiting for my my, my pops to be discharged to go pick him up I I, I went down there I drove his car home because his car was in the emergency room I mean the ER parking lot I drove his car home the night before and I was like well I'll come pick you up when they discharge you uh and I stayed the whole you know, I I stayed till they got him and the shit was hospitals are a mess right now with the COVID stuff. Uh he was supposed to go in for this procedure at one thirty. I don't think he went they I don't think they rolled him back until five thirty. Uh I finally get him in his room after they, you know, he was in recovery and then they put him in his room that he was staying overnight. And I sat there, we watched a little bit of wrestling and, and uh the Buffalo Bills were on TV. We watched I stayed to the end of the first quarter and whatnot. Uh and I was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna let you get some sleep. You know, you've been up since four in the morning, uh, you're you looking pretty decent, you know, you groggy and everything from the procedure. I was like, I'm gonna let you sleep, man. Uh take the car and go home. So the next day he's you know, he I was waiting to pick him up. Lo and behold, my younger brother did show up. I know they bowling partners on Sunday night. You know something I didn't know. I, I didn't get an invite to be on the team, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, he's like, well, your brother's gonna bring me over to your house so I can pick up the car. Can I get your di- the directions to your house? I'm not even sitting here on no petty shit, y'all. I- I'm not even sitting here on no petty shit. Uh, I was like, hey, you know, the twenty. 20- well, Giving my address and whatnot, and but I, as soon as we get off the phone, though, I'm like, it took a freaking medical procedure for my dad to learn where I live. That's what I've been for ten for thirteen minutes now. What I was setting up is it took a freaking medical procedure. It didn't take masculinity. It didn't take father son. It didn't take the re- the role and responsibility of a father. It it none of that shit did anything. What that what's that shit? Uh, something through crisis, crisis management, or progress through crisis or some shit. Um, uh, it's a book or something. But uh, yeah, that's how my father got to my house was because he needed to get this emergency medical procedure performed. And I said, wow. Wow, you know, need to get a tooth removed or some shit, or you know, uh, get his shoulder worked on or something to get him over here for Thanksgiving or whatever holidays. Or I know black people don't fuck with a lot of holidays right now, but uh, yeah, that was my thought on that shit. It was like it took all it, it it took this for you to end up to me. Then he comes into the house and he's like, "Oh man, the house is beautiful." <laughs> This is how much I have to shut up and I have to let people win. I don't know if you do this in your life. I don't know if you have to do this in your life, man, but I have to let people win regularly because people seem to not give a fuck or not be aware of shit. He said, yeah, you know, um, the house is beautiful. You know, I, I look, he looked, I'm gonna look around real quick. I knew he was feeling better because you know, uh, he was moving around and everything and he was, you know, he, he was going to drive himself home and everything. So I was happy that he was good, but I'm sitting here like, man, it, this we shouldn't be getting together under these circumstances. Like it should be an easier way for us to link up and spend some time together as father and son. Real talk. Um, I'm gonna go to the Lene Vinay thing next. I'm say this Whitlock for last. Um really quickly, speaking of masculinity, like my parents um my parents got divorced when I was eleven. Um I know nothing about home repairs. I'm useless, I ain't gonna lie. I I can't do I can't well flavor flavor I can't do nothing for you man I can't do nothing for you man I, I can't that's <laughs> not my skill set now what I'm talking about here is gener we talk about generational cursing we throw that shit around uh, Whitlock wanna scream about masculinity I don't have that's not a skill set of mine that's not a that's not a, uh, I don't have a, a home repair bag. My water saw, uh, my, my water heater right now. Um, uh, I've never drained it and I wanted, I meant to, because, um, if you don't get those, that sediment out of there, you know, you can fuck up your, uh, you can shorten the life of your unit. That's an all day fucking job for me. To do that shit, I, I watched the video like eight or nine. Months. <laughs> I watched the video eight or nine months ago and was like, "Ah, damn, bro, I got to do all of this to drain this shit." And I could sit if it was like my wife would tell you, if it was cycling related, I sit there and figure that shit out. If it was podcast related, writing a uh some, if it was boxing related, I would knock that shit out. But it's some home repair shit where I'm not strong. That shit just, it's been on the to-do list for months now. But the—but my masculinity is at least compromised because like I said, I, I didn't get that. Sh- I didn't get that type of informal education or training. You know, from 11 to 18, I never saw a man in the house doing shit. Now, I'll assemble the fuck out of some home, you know, some appliances and all the gadgets and shit. My mom bought back exercise equipment and all this shit and whatever, whatever. You know, when we first bought the microwave, uh, whatever little shit that came. I read the read the instructions and put that shit together. I'm I'm dope. I'm ill with all that shit. Smallest home repair shit, right? I put up some TVs in the, in the, in, the, in the house. I mounted, I put up the TV mounts on the walls. My wife coming, <laughs> my wife coming there the other night. She text, I'm down here when I was making the last podcast. <laughs> She said, uh, I need you to come upstairs because the TV in the bedroom is getting ready to come out of the wall. <laughs> Comp that's that's the results of, of of Reggie's handiwork. One of the screws, uh, the shit was coming out of the wall. And I wasn't I was, I'm beyond, I wasn't sure about that. And that's that's some simple shit. That's a five-minute job for somebody to know what the fuck they're doing. I got this stud finder and all this shit, and I didn't, I bought me a new, I can't even remember the brand that I got. I love the the, the, the the drill that I bought. Uh I measured this shit and try and, and made sure that it was hitting on this stud. I banged on the wall in different places, and it it sounds like it's the stud. But the shit hanging out the wall like that, I fucked it up. And now the TV's not in the room right now. And my wife is like, that shit need to be back up on the wall before the end of the weekend. And I'm, I'm scared. I don't want to put it back up. I don't have nobody to call though. I'm gonna go. Out, I'm gonna go get this same stud finders ain't worth shit. To be honest with you. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fool around with it and hang it back up there. I'm gonna find it, but. The bottom, the bottom bolt is not coming out of the wall. I'm on, you know, I'm a fool around with it, but I'm just saying. And there were other things that my father told me in this conversation. I'm, a, I'm gonna probably talk about them in the future. But there's some things that happened in that he, he, this, he just laid this shit on me. First time I'm hearing about it. When I'm listening to. Whitlock talk about masculinity and men should be able to sit here and do whatever they want to do, how they want to do it. And I'm sitting here listening to the things that my dad just told me men did in the family when he was a young man. The shit don't line up to me. The shit don't line up to me. When you start finding out who's the father of a cousin and the shit don't sound, the shit don't, the shit ain't right. When you start finding out who the father is of a second cousin and that shit don't sound right either. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck was going on? Then there's even, that's just, that's just two, <laughs> that's just two of the things that I learned at the beginning of the week. That's just two. Two more is bigger than that. <laughs> I'm not even, I, you know, I ain't gonna try to put my fan, but this is, but when I got home from that night, and I, I can't even talk to my wife about this shit. Masculinity. Just carry that shit, Reggie. Every brother out here, just carry all of this shit so you can put up this front to be masculine. Nah, I'm I'm a little fucked up behind some of this shit. But I make it work. I make it work. Men should be able to do whatever they want to do. I want men here in this country doing whatever they want to do. What the fuck is that? Anyway, coming right back with Lene Vene and Hope Goodwill or whatever her name is. All right. Uh, again, Lene Vinay, Uh taking off on social media, killing it. Um, she had a reaction to she like I said, she did her sit down, her three and a half minute read on Dave Chappelle and what she considered his bullshit. Uh, now this is the interesting thing that she said this week that was the first I've heard of it. I don't even know how this man got dragged into this shit, but like I said, Lene Vene went to a HBCU. Uh, she's killing, she's doing her thing with these, this, this, this video series. Her, her, I just told you what her YouTube channel numbers were. um, she says at the beginning of this video that Malcolm X was a before he became when he was um Malcolm little or Detroit red when he was running around on up on the east Coast, he was a sex worker. if you watch the movie X, you saw some of this she said but what she what sat me back when I'm watching this shit was she said so scholars believe." that Malcolm X may have been bisexual. She put that out there. I hadn't heard this before. I hadn't heard this before. Um, so basically her and this trans woman with this really deep voice and these long, uh, what's that color? It's like a rust color. Red, these long braids, a lot of makeup, uh this really deep voice, and then then a lot of male facial characteristics. But her basic her guest, Hope Goodwell, I think is the name, the gist of what she came on Lene Vene's show to say was the closer, the jokes that you heard in the closer, uh, subject black queers. I think that's her word, black queers or trans people. It subjects them to violence from black men to further violence from black men. And then also they still face the same racism, from white people that regular black people face. So they get it like two times, twofold. And so she just, she, she, you know, she made her points. I told you, uh, I, I made a second video on YouTube on this with, with my whole stance on, um, the closer and, and LGBTQ stuff. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I'm sharing about me. Um, I used to go spend the summers with my family, my dad's family in Pennsylvania after, after my parents split when they were, when I was 11 and one summer I go, I'm maybe 13 maybe 14, uh, you know, between 13 and 15. I go, we stay with my aunt. One of my favorite cousins is her, is her son. And then, um, another cousin, a younger cousin, a female. Um, but my dad's brother and my aunt's brother were staying. He was staying in the house with them at the time. He was living with them at the time. So we get there from 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 Dayton, Ohio to to Harrisburg is eight hour drive or seven and a half or whatever. We get there, um, and I get up the next morning, go downstairs, and in the in the kitchen is um I walk in the kitchen and it's a person with two pigtails, uh you know in their hair, their hair is braided back into these two pigtails. Slender person, longer hair, you know, a little hang time with the braids. And then the person turns around and it's clearly a male. Higher pitch, you know, effeminate voice. Um, And then he has these. uh, The T-shirt that he has on is like cut at the neck going down towards the the sternum and the the belly. It's like a little cut there to like show some cleavage or something. And this person is like, Hey nephew, Reggie, uh, you want some breakfast? Nobody told me, I'm not going to say my uncle's name, but nobody told me that, um, was, this shit is in the eighties. Nobody forewarned me. Yeah, your uncle that's living with your aunt, uh, it's a little something going on with with bruh. No warning whatsoever. This is what I'm saying with communication. I guess they were like, well, surely he won't wait. We got there a little late. Maybe Unc was out running the streets at the time or something, so there was no introduction the night before. But I'm just sitting here. I sit down and I, yeah, uh, I'll take. Some eggs or whatever you're eating and, um, okay. Um, so you're uncle. So-and-so I've heard a lot about you. Some shit was left out, but I'm gonna make the most of this moment. Um, you know, we talked, then I got the fuck up and went upstairs and was like, Hey pops, uh, what, what's 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 going on down there? What, what I mean, you you left out something. That was my introduction back then to this LGBTQ stuff. Got a second uncle like that, by the way, but he didn't really do the uh the the cross dresser thing or I don't even I don't even know what it's called. He didn't dress like a woman. He was just. Uh, He was, he was homosexual. I'm sharing today. Y'all I'm sharing. So sitting here watching this and listening to this conversation, I'm going to say this. I spend a lot of time online, especially when I was in, in, in my boxing phase. And I really can't argue with what Lene Vene is Trump was trying to do. And what she said, her mission is all about protecting everybody. She said something dope too in this in this uh thing. She said and I totally agree with this shit. But she said a strong people don't need strong leaders. I think this was on the hill on the on the, the the end of the the Malcolm X thing factoid that she put out there. She said a strong people don't need strong leaders. I'm like, "Girl, that's why I fucks with your page. I don't agree with all the shit you say, but that's a mouthful right there. A strong people Don't necessarily need strong leaders. Just goes back to masculinity. We need to get our shit in order and what the fuck we really focusing on out here. Not this bullshit. I'm getting ready to talk about with Jason Whitlock, but, um, I'm in these, I'm in the, I'm watching these boxing videos and it's supposed to be boxing. And a lot of times the gay comments, The F word is thrown, is typed, is typed and put in the chat, in the live chat. The jokes are made. Um, The women are, black women are all, it's it's a a black channel with a lot of black people, a lot of black males in the, in the, uh, in the live chat. A lot of women are bitches and hoes, referred to as bitches and hoes. Yeah, I'm traveling to the fight this weekend. I I was at the fight this weekend. Afterwards, you know, I was chasing down some hoes and I was looking for the bitches. You know, I went to, after the fight, you know, I was out there for the bitches. The bitches in this city is the bitches, the hoes. And God damn, that's what, that's what's in the chat. That's masculinity. Black men doing what they like, talking how they want to talk, being how they want to be with nothing, no checks and balances. I got, I'm sitting here with this and I have a decision to make. Do I get in there and talk about boxing and not engage in any of that? Or do I turn this channel the fuck off and go somewhere else? And really after you watch a handful of the channels, you realize Nah, I don't even want to be in this scene right here altogether. I don't fuck with people like that. I don't conduct myself like that. I don't act like that. I don't have those views. Um, I would never be out in public in that manner. This shit is trash. I've seen the stories about black trans women being killed. Um, now I think there are, some, there's a lot of different stories out there, you know, but I think that's just emblematic of all the wild shit that's going on in this world right now. You got some guys, you got some men out here that's, that's experiment. Then when stuff gets found out, when a relationship is found out, they got to go do something about it. It's, it's a really, uh, larger conversation to be had. But again, I go back to with with Dave Chappelle when I when I, I my issue has always been with him. I really don't I really was never sure what was being laughed at. And I never understood that when he was making the points, when he was making important points about hypocrisy and irony and, and racism and bigotry and all of that stuff. Sometimes I don't know if the audience and certain members of the audience was really understanding the full scope of what he was talking about. And somebody was just laughing at, at, at nigger being in the punchline or nigger. That was always my fear or a concern of mine as I'm listening to somebody, this comedy and looking at the audience. So it's, it's, it only stands to reason now here when we're talking about the LGBTQ, I can understand that there's a concern of how is this shit being interpreted? Is this shit encouraging the same problematic behavior towards members of this community? I could even, I, I said this on the YouTube channel cause I said the one moment in the show that I really thought was impactful was when he was talking about his friend in California, who was a trans woman. And he said something about, I don't need you to do this and I don't need you to do that. And I don't need you to not make jokes about me or whatever, whatever. He said something about, I just need you to understand that I'm a human being and I'm having a really a really challenging human experience. And that's really where I am with people in this community with, with, with that's my, that sums up my whole thing, but I would have to imagine that this is a pretty, this, this person is, is going through quite a bit. And then on top of that, to be talked about in this manner and joked about, it, it, it probably doesn't help. It probably doesn't help. But the the, the ironic thing here, though, for black people is you can say whatever you want. Black people can say whatever they want to about black people and nobody says anything. Nobody complains about anything. Nobody questions anything. Uh, I had this lady on Instagram last week talking about KRS-One and the um the verses against Big Daddy Kane, and she makes this live talking about are we gonna call KRS-One onto the carpet because of a show uh, a song called Thirteen and Good? I'm like, damn! Now I'm a huge KRS-One fan. I don't even remember this damn song. I don't know, What the what did? The... Now we know KRS-One kind of disregarded the the um the the molestation charges or accusations of uh Africa Bambata I thought she was talking about that but she said "Nah, this 13 and good song are we going to talk about that so I go and look up 13 and good I'm f- shocked to see that it's a a pretty modern looking video the 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 camera uh sharpness in the video and whatnot. And, and, and that it's actually on KRS one's vivo. Like, well, surely if this shit is inappropriate, like it would have been taken down. It would be removed if it was really, if it was really. So I'm like, let me let me watch this shit then. And I slowly started remembering, and this was 92 or 93 was when it came out. And then it gets into the song and I'm like, Oh, I do remember this shit, but I'm like, how you got a problem with this? So 13 and good quickly is about, uh, Karis one is on this stoop talking to his partners and he's talking about having sex with a girl who was 13 and that the sex was good. That's the course. Uh, but he starts out that He met her in a club and she looked like she was 31. And then he said, well, you, can't be any less than 25. And then it comes out that she's 13. But he's telling this story in first person. It gets even weirder though. In the second, in the third verse, first verse, he meets her in a club. They have a a night together. Second verse. She reveals how old she is or how young she is. And he's still like, well, maybe we could make it work. He says something about, well, I don't, you know, but I got to, but whatever. And then he decides, well, I'm not going to continue any kind of relationship with you. And then she gets her father in, involved. Then the shit really goes south. In the third verse, the father comes and meets him at his house, at his apartment, brings his gun. And the father doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to kill him for sleeping with his 13 year old daughter. He rapes KRS One's character in the the shit gets weird, and I'm like, yeah, this shit was wild back in the day. This shit was wild. Um, I commented on the video like, well, what what were we on the girls' video on Instagram? What would we check KRS One for today? I mean, really, you know, I, don't, I didn't really find him to be that out of pocket with the song as much as he was talking about what happens on a day on a weekly basis. R. Kelly's trial just concluded. This shit was happening. But I told the feed, the female that put the video up. I'm like, why wouldn't we start checking rappers right now for the disrespectful, the offensive this is And this is masculinity. This is masculinity doing what it wants to do and men talking how they want to talk with no repercussions. This is it. But how about we deal with some of this shit now? Why don't we call people out now? is it, Why don't we do what happened when Meek Mill made the comment about something about Kobe Bryant after he passed away? And he he says some lyric, I can't even remember what that shit, I'm not a Meek Mill fan. And people spoke out about the shit and was like, nah, bro, that's foul. We don't hold any of these dudes accountable for what they say and how they say it. Matter of fact, most of the shit is agreed with wholeheartedly. So it's no, it it comes to no surprise to me that the attitudes towards transgender people, the attitude towards gay people, the black community, the black brothers is a horrible fucking group of people when it comes to thinking to being respectful to others. Horrible fucking group of people to look at and have any kind of expectations. Of improvement in this area. I just read an article. I I know I've talked about outkick.com before and, um, and my issues with, with, uh, with that, with that website and the commenters on that website. So I made it to my, I made a, uh, I told myself, I'm gonna start checking out the undefeated regularly every other day or so I'm gonna go on the undefeated and read an article. And they had an article on there this week by a cat named Dwayne Bray, B R a Y. And he was talking about 79. Uh, his, his friend became his childhood friend became the 79th person to be murdered in, uh, Cleveland, in the Cleveland area. Long article, uh, I read that, and then also the Jefferson Davis Memorial article was two articles I read this week. That was from 2018. But this new article by uh, Dwayne Bray, harrowing uh, details, I believe it's over 500 murders in um, Chicago right now. It was over 500 last year. That's two years. That's back-to-back years of five and and we got two more months or whatever. You know, and they're already I want to say 520 or 5 520 I believe is what it was. No, 550s. I think it was somewhere in the 550s. 550 murders in Chicago. Um in this article there's a there's a paragraph in there before it gets down into the to the um the body of the article, but it said that black males are just 7% of the population, but represent like 53% of the deaths that result from gun violence. 7% represent 7% of the total population in this country. But represent fifty three percent of all murders in this country now we like chalks all this up to brothers being effeminate and feminine energy maybe then he said uh black men ages like I don't know if it was 15 or 18, but let's go with 15, 15 to like 35 or something represent just 2% of the United States population. But they represent 37% of the victims of gun violence. Stagger of all, all of all murders. 15 to 35. What do you do? What? But but we getting ready to talk about what the fuck Jason Whitlock is concerned about. His, his major concern. This shit. Been, this shit was just, just laughable. the article went on and I'm not going to, you know, go check the article out. Masculinity. And because the article goes to talk about the family. uh, Structure. Of the, of the friend that was killed. No father in the house. Five, six brothers and sisters a life 30 years of drug. I was, I thought I was reading about my very own brother, my oldest brother over 30 years of, uh, at at least over 20, 25 years of substance abuse. The guy was shot in the back at a, uh, I think a a woman might've been involved. Um, but he was shot in the back. Um, In and out of prison. At least two, at least had two numbers, two stints behind the wall and just a a tough life. The brother also, he went to talk about like unemployment levels, the lack of opportunities in East Cleveland. He got to talking about redlining. It was a, it was a very well-written article. Um, How the mother Uh, got divorced from the first, uh, the first husband married a second that didn't work out. Uh, more kids came, she was working all these jobs, lost control. the, The kids, some of them, one or two of them might've went off to college. This one, you know, just ended up going to the streets. Lene, Vene and this, this trans woman, um, again, man, I, I, I just, it was, it was, it, I, I just listened to it. Um, the closer, the special was really not it, 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 nothing that I walked away talking about genius. It just, it just wasn't, it, I just, I, I just watched it. I just watched it. I'm going to come back and hit this Jason Whitlock thing and then wrap this up. Last segment. I know you like Reggie, why do you, why do you continue to listen to this brother? And why do you, why do you talk about him? And why do you talk? I'm going to tell you, I, I brought, I actually, I started checking out. Um, I started checking out some Roland Martin videos, uh, Roland Martin unfiltered, I believe is his YouTube channel. Um, I went back and checked out some Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, I think he's an Ohio state graduate he was teaching some kind of finance or something at Syracuse for a while. I believe, I don't know if he's still there, but he has a pretty big YouTube following. Uh, you know, he's obviously talking about wealth and, and, and black financial literacy, um, and, and does his thing. Another big channel. Uh, I've checked, you know, so I checked out some of his stuff. Um, What else have I listened to? I like brother from a, not brother from a mother. I don't know. Uh, the odd couple with, uh, Chris Broussard and Rob Parker, not a big Rob Parker guy, but you know, he's on the show. I like, I did Chris, uh, Christopher Broussard who is very, uh, you know, who keeps his, uh, Christian, uh, his, his Christianity and his faith at the forefront of his coverage. I mean, his content, getting ready to talk about this stuff right here. Uh, but I get around to some of, uh, cause I just told you, like I can't watch the boxing channels on YouTube. I can't watch most of them. I can't be in the mix with that shit. I'm not sitting here trying to listen to MF this N word that bees, this holes that I, I I'm, I'm trying to talk about fight, analysis we got a good fight on ESPN in a few hours as a matter of fact um I I wanted to talk about dude I I wanted to talk about though and hear about fight analysis matchups and um that I I don't want to hear somebody imitating their favorite comedian or you know their their favorite rapper their sensibilities and I I I don't want to hear that shit I listen to um the boxing sh- podcast with Chris Mannix. Uh, I listen to a variety of things. I get dragged, but I, I check with with Whitlock because he's actually talking about some different stuff besides baby mama dramas, uh, black men, this, uh, the 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 bitch that got over on the on, on some rap figure. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's something, you know, it's some is, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it's a bit different, but what he got into this week, I thought I'd give it a chance. Uh, I told you the Isaiah Thomas interview and the, um, the Tony dungeon interviews, you know, those were interesting, but he gets in this week. It caught my, and I, I only, this was the only video I watched of him this week. And it was like, you know, he, he was clapping it. He was shooting at, um, Jalen Rose and I'm like, Oh, okay. What's, you know, what's then what's, what's tipped off with these two? What, what, uh, you know, how did, what what's going on? So Whitlock goes to talk about, you know, he's anti-vax. And I think that is the appropriate label for what his stance is. So well, I, I guess on the first take. Haven't listened to first take since the shakeup with, with a with Max being axed. I haven't. Um, so he goes to talk about a conversation about Kyrie Irving, Jason Whitlock's hero, because he won't get vaccinated. He's decided not to. Um so there was a discussion between Stephen A. Smith that he he goes to the audio of it. And I can't remember who was talking, who, maybe it was, maybe it was, it was um Jason Williams, J. Will. Maybe it was him. But um, they went to say something like, beyond just opinion on vaccine and and why to consider getting vaccinated. They went to go like talk about the numbers or, or something specific to the efficacy of it, or just some details that you would think that's just an area that they probably want to stay away from just common sense. You don't want to, Lead or mislead, whatever you, you have your basic stance, your general stance on the vaccine and you can, you can, you can run with that. But once you start speaking on some of the, the, the statistics and all of that, I don't think they want that. So, uh, one of them went to go say something and Molly Karim in the video, in the audio that Jason Whitlock played, Molly Karim is like, okay, guys, I got to step in right there. I think she said something about, I got to get us to break anyway, she said. But, you know, we don't, we want to be careful of what we say and and we don't want to put the wrong, we don't want to mislead anybody. We don't want to give our audience any incorrect or half information or whatever. So let's, let's not deal with that part of the vaccination discussion. To me, I thought that was pretty responsible. Whitlock goes on to say that us men don't need any woman, a supermodel. We don't need to have some woman sitting here in in the middle of our discussion about sports. We don't need her to be an overseer. We don't need a woman telling us when to do anything. We don't need a woman this was, this was some, some, I don't know about chauvinistic, um, mat toxic masculine. I don't know what the, this was just pure ignorance to me, but he said these women, you know, they got these women on their ESPN, they're supermodels. They don't know anything about sports. They don't have, they don't contribute to the show in any significant way. They just put them on there. They put the thing in their ear and some producer tells them what to do and they just do that. And we need to be, we need to have places and spaces where men can be as masculine as they want to be. They shouldn't be stopped. They shouldn't. No woman should interject. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? My man. And then he says, "You know, I shouldn't have to sit around and talk about football." He was—he played football. I think—I think he was at Michigan for a while, back in in the day. And then I think he ended up at Ball State, is where he might have actually played his football career or whatever. I'm not all that up to speed on how you know how many snaps he got or whatever. Uh, I think he was a, a lineman. Um, but he's like, I shouldn't have to sit here and 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 talk sports and, and talk football with Mina. My he called her Mina Kimes. I shouldn't have to talk to her. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to deal with her. The fuck are you talking about, man? But he he wasn't through there though. He wasn't through there. He tries to go and get to the Bible to to use the Bible to say that. No, first he was talking about wherever the truth is not being spoken. It's an attack on God. This is how this shit doesn't even all line up. But he said they're on here being dishonest. So they're attacking God. And then that, you know, the whole thing about, uh, that women, that men shouldn't be under women, which is something from like Timothy. And then I think Timothy two, and then Corinthians or something, it's all, it's all in the, in the, um, in the, uh, um, I can't even think of the word anymore. The new Testament, it's all in the new Testament. And I'm like, and he, he cites, uh, I think Tony Evans is his name. I believe a pastor out of Texas. I used to listen to Tony Evans on the way to work. When I worked third shift, I used to listen to Tony Evans every night. I like the guy. Um, but Tony Evans had a, a sermon about man or men, man or men, where are you? And it's, Basically, when God came to to follow up on the whole situation with Eve, uh, and he he goes to call out, you know, where are you, Adam? I need to holler at you, bro. Um, and so, like I said, that's that's Whitlock's whole thing is like women don't need; they don't have any place in here. And I'm just like, a couple of weeks ago, though he was all on the, 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 the shit in Afghanistan and how Biden messed that up and how that situation was a disaster and such and such and such and such. But one of the things in with, 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 with America, with the U S pulling out of Afghanistan was Afghan women became vulnerable you know, and susceptible to the violence and bodily harm and all that shit overnight. All these women that had went to school and, and, and had started careers and everything during this 20 years of occupancy. The Taliban was going around, you know, you chop, you chop a woman's head off for whatever, for the, for whatever reason you hold court there in the street, cane them, So you had all these women that had to like, they're in schools. You got your name on school records. You've been learning how to read and all, all, you know, it was, that was one of the underlying things in that. But now here's Whitlock basically saying that women, no women in the workplace. And he, he did this impersonation of Molly. You know, he did the impersonation of, of Randy Moss. But he did this imperson- impersonation of Molly from the audio that he played. Come on, guys, guys, and, you know, and did this shit. And then her husband, Jalen Rose, goes and makes a video, almost like I'm not gonna talk. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna mention this person's name. He says something about how many bad shows he's been on and all this, and you know, nobody likes the guy and he's unsuccessful and such and such. He's like, I don't even know where this dude is no more. I don't even know what platform he's on anymore. But he was like, but bruh, uh, if you got something to say, you know, we can, I mean, if you out here cracking jokes and, and attacking my woman and my wife, you know, we can, we can, we can settle this off, you know, from in front of cameras and whatnot. Like, let's just be in the same place at the, you know, at the same time. And I can put the, I can, I can put the, and he says some, something about the, the line from, um, you know, Jalen is always. Incorporating hip hop lines into his, his commentary and whatnot. And he says, you know, Whitlock is like, this is, this is feminine energy. It's real funny though. It's real funny, though, when you go to attack somebody's woman and, and and criticize somebody who, you know, we you know, she's married. But you go do this in an unprofessional way. Trying to be a comedian and trying to add some humor to your show, get some cheap laughs, some quick laughs. And then when the man comes to defend his, his the honor of his, his wife. Now you don't want, you don't, you don't want none of the physicality. Where am I at? But he, he goes on and on and on. And, he, and it's just basically you want women out of the picture so that men can sit around on TV and talk sports however they want to talk sports and not have women interject in any way is basically what he gets around to. And then goes to compare this to parts of the Bible where it was saying that, you know, men shouldn't be underneath women. Of course, he calls out Jalen for not, for being on some Malcolm X shit, but not being married to a black woman. With Molly Karim being, I think, Israeli and German and some other, whatever she, whatever all her background is. You know, that's an obvious shot that you could take at Jalen Rose. But I just wanted to come back and, and say how I'm just blown away and then I'm I'm looking on the video. I go look in the video because he does the it's it's available to, to on, on Apple Podcast and then the videos are also on um YouTube. And I go look in the video, I mean I go look in the comments section. And I might've had to read, I might've went through 65, 70 comments before one person was like, man, you full of shit, bro. Like you talked about the man's woman. And then when he stepped to you, then you wanted to become a bitch. Then you want to turn to Christianity. Then you want to turn to feminine. You want to go with feminine energy because Jalen wanted to move it to the physical stuff and you want to keep it on. You want to keep it to professional, you know, to, to being a commentator, but you, you weren't professional when you talked about Molly Karen. He said, Mo- Molly Karen was trash and she doesn't know what she's talking about whatsoever and says that, but Cassidy Hubbard Hubarth, who's also a host who does some sideline interviewing, But well, Molly Carey, I mean, but, uh, but yeah, minor and minor Kimes is not a below average football person, in my opinion. But this is still some, some chauvinistic, like get these women out of here, get, they don't need to be here. They don't have any value. That's what this is. And this is coming from a guy who's not married. I don't know if he's ever been married. I don't know if he has any kids. I don't believe he has any kids. But so you're not married. You don't have any daughters. So you just sit here with some bullshit ass John Gruden esque type views on shit. So let's, let me, let me say a couple things and then let me get the fuck on out of here with this idiot, this idiot. So he says, wherever the truth is, wherever the truth is, is under attack or not being adhered to or whatever, or truth is not at the forefront of something. He says, God is at, God is under attack. Whether it was first take whether it was Jalen Rose saying whatever or Jalen Rose on his, none of these guys are running out here claiming to represent the church or Christianity. They are in news entertainment or news slash entertainment or entertainment slash news. They are in the opinion business. Nothing on ESPN is sitting here masquerading as the church or faith or to the faith community that that has never you've never heard that Whitlock is the one out here trying to serve all these different masters to be a podcaster and then cuz he had two he had two uh two pastors from I I think there's a church in Tennessee called Tennessee Harmony or Harmony Tennessee And it kills me that both of these pastors came on here to to add the Christian, uh, to put the pastoral touch on it. And neither one of them said anything about his, his views and attitudes towards women. Or to delineate that just because they may speak differently on Sports matters. This has nothing to do with their faith and that they're attacking God by talking about sports. They're attacking truth. I don't even know what the fuck Jason Whitlock is on with this bullshit. No women in the workplace. The whole thing about no woman. I mean, about no man being underneath a woman. Again, stop confusing church with private enterprises and places of employment that aren't a church. I could be wrong here. I'll throw that out. I, I, I could be wrong here but what he was getting to is no woman being under a man. I mean, damn no man being under a woman. When you go look at second Timothy, did I say Timothy too earlier on some, on some Trump stuff? Uh, but, and, and, and then, um uh, Corinthians when that's, This is just this is just if you can read you can read Actually this might be first Timothy. But he said I do not per, in, in the Bible it says I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man rather she is to remain quiet. That's talking about this is as the church is being set up and roles in the church are being established. First Corinthians chapter fourteen verse thirty four The women should keep silent in the churches. I mean it's this you don't have to and this might be this might be New International The uh not this is English Standard Version. From that first Timothy, which was, um, chapter two, verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. The footnote that's given here on this website that I'm looking at goes to first Corinthians of chapter 14, verse 34, the women should keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission as the law also says. That's in the church. That has nothing to do with the workplace. Now, if if Jason Whitlock doesn't want any women, he brings this woman on named Shamika. He goes to her in the middle of this tirade about this shit and men needing to be able to be men And men needing to, you know, uh, show their masculinity, however they, however it manifests itself, should run unchecked. He brings Shamika on. Shamika comes on and says that she was putting her four-year-old into her seat, into the child seat. And the the four-year-old said, daddy should drive. And she says, and I have this biblical moment that men should should men should always drive. Now I think she's saying this figuratively, but that's where all of this stuff gets. We 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 need to look at modern living, you know, on some stuff. What if mom doesn't drive? Doesn't have a license? doesn't know how to drive has never been been shown how to drive. Like I thought we were far along than this shit. I thought we were way down the road on this shit. But pops is out here working. Now he's working because mom doesn't work. Pops is probably working 12, maybe 14 hours a day to take care of the house with 2.7 kids or whatever, 2.3 kids. But now if mom doesn't know how to drive, and one of the kids gets injured at the house and needs to be taken to emergency. How does, how does pops get away from his, 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 his very important job. How does he get away to get home to drive them to the emergency room and not risk losing his job? I've been saying all this stuff with, where we want to go with this and what the, what the role of the woman is and isn't. I think it needs a little context. But, and I did a little reading up on some of this stuff, but Timothy Corinthian, again, this is the, this is the church being set up a at Corinth and then Ephesus. And that's when these roles were, were, were stated for that. Applying to, 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 to the roles in the church. I said this earlier, like women do very women. Females do very well where I work. And are represented pretty well in management all the way up the chain. I think we get, I think Whitlock even goes on to say something about men and calls out Abrams in Georgia. You waiting on Abrams to fix everything. Stacey Abrams, I believe, is her name. He all over the place with all of this bullshit, man. I'm like, yo, your points, your points are so fucking weak, bro. I said them, them same live chats and live streams I was sitting in. You had brothers sitting in there in, in numbers talking them, but didn't give a fuck about the election. Didn't give a fuck about voting. Didn't give a damn about it. Then I'm at the, I'm down at the library a couple of weeks ago at this undesigned, the red line exhibit and everything that happened with this red lining concept, everything that happened was put in place and initiated. Damn near everything. I can't say everything. Everything was initiated by ele- publicly elected people or officials. But you don't but you don't vote. You don't want to vote. You don't care to stay up on none of that. Even if you vote after the fact, after somebody did do something, then you go vote to remove them for what they did. Now they just we just got judges and and all kind of different appointed leaders, sheriffs, mayors, Um, what's the shit? Um, state's attorneys. You just got all these people who draw these paychecks and do all of this bullshit unchecked. It's having a disproportionate impact on one community and said community says we not going to vote. We are not going to stay up on anything. Wow. But this brother is all up in arms on this, on this episode yelling about masculinity. And it's because he wants grown ass men to sit around and be able to talk sports without a woman speaking up without a woman speaking. Who was hired to be the moderator? Without her doing what her job is and stopping the conversation, so that they can go to a commercial. Which, by the way, the commercials pay the bills for the show. The rate that you can charge for the commercials is how is is how the show generates income or revenue to then pay the talent. I mean, why wouldn't? Not, not, not that it's the greatest fucking job in the world to sit there and watch some men often acting like fucking teenagers and 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 young teenagers with some of the 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 the, the, the arguments. But now we don't even want them to be the moderator. How do you not sound like the biggest hater in the world and a very just childish, ignorant person? So it's just supposed to be all hard legs in the studio. Would it not? would Would a man acting as a moderator? Would that make him effeminate? If you put a man in that role and he needs to get you into the commercial, is that feminine energy because he's trying to get you to the commercial break? Only men can talk about sports. That's what I'm saying. How does this even work with today's economy? Women aren't supposed to buy, uh, women aren't supposed to attend games. Who the fuck is taking kids to soccer? How did we get the term soccer mom? How many black moms I see up in the basketball stands for these, the shit, the NBA games too and the big time college basketball games. Who's in the stands. I'm sitting here with Whitlock. Like when, when, when have women not like played an important part in this shit? It's always been noted about the women that went in man the factories for World War One and or, and World or World War Two or both. Um, like Nah, I said, it's funny how we've went out here and turned the woman into a nigga. Like we only out here just laying down with women. There's no. uh There. I checked into that. I just typed it in, by the way, it's helpmate. And then also help me. M-E-E-T. Most brothers I know don't even have a, a, a another man that they can fucking count on. I just told you, my pops just showed up in my house for the first time in three, three damn years. Didn't even know where the fuck I lived. And wouldn't have known unless he needed this medical procedure. Who do I talk to 97, 99% of the fucking week but a woman? my wife and this single brother who we don't know anything about with his marital status, or he said on there, you know, I've dated a bunch of white women, a bunch of white females in my life. When he was talking about Jalen Rose. I do believe as I'm scrolling down here. I do believe it's helped me in the Bible. Genesis 2, 18. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and him and help meet for him. That's Genesis 2, 18. Chapter 2, verse 18. I've, I've said this before, man. I see brothers arguing this shit about the woman was made for the man. You can take that, you know, you can interpret that a couple different ways. I just, even away from the, even away from the, the biblical, you know, how does this thing all got started? How can we go and put a, put a, some, or, you know, some, some pecking order here. When one of the things that you're supposed to do is to go for, to be fruitful. One of the key things as a man, how can you be fruitful without woman? I, I I I mean that's plain and simple. I mean, how could there be any kind of multiplying without the function that a woman serves, or the the one the the one function that only she can that only she can perform? Whether you needed more defenders, fighters, more workers. More farmers, more manpower, for whatever reason. How do, how did you get it, if not for the function that the woman can do? Sound like a pretty important person in the relationship. Sound like a pretty important person in the relationship. this brother is sitting on here yelling so that four or five men can sit in front of a camera and talk about children's games that grown men play. And so that you can sit in there and not be interrupted by a woman. That's his, that's his big thing so that masculinity can be on full display. Dumbest shit I heard in my dumbest shit I've heard in a while since the last Whitlock episode that I, I talked about. I don't even know if I finished the Shamika thing, but yeah, she just says that, you know, the woman, need uh, that the men, Now she was saying, cause we used to have uh when I used to go to the men's meeting, the, uh, the, the deacon, that the head deacon had his concept about, uh, he call it the thumb ministry, but he was saying like the man, you know, the role of the man male serves as the thumb, like the hand can do some things and could, can shove something or push something, but you need that opposable thumb to actually come in and do the more complicated functions Of the hand, and to actually, you know, the 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 more the more complicated uh, movements that that the hand can do and complete and make happen, you need the thumb there. And he was like, "And the man is that serves as that thumb." Fair statement to me. Fair concept. But you can't go. In my opinion your whole shit falls apart. Whatever point you trying to make really falls apart. When you go try to juxtapose like the real world, the secular world and a bunch of church concepts. You the only one out here talking this half hearted, Half baked Christianity stuff that you that you own. Everybody else is just a full fledged entertainer, news guy, a broadcaster. So the one thing on there, he says, uh, he I, I can't remember what. It's a white guy that's a pastor, and then it's a it's a black guy that's a pastor, and. Again, sitting there, both pastors. I'm sure they're married. Probably have a daughter. And to sit here and let Whitlock say the shit that he said without adding, you know, speaking on any of that is is is, you know, it's it speak- you know the silence on that speaks volumes. But the one thing that that Whitlock does again. that that referee that throws the flag on the second on the retaliator he gets her back around to his his disgust that they have a monument of George floyd and he says, well couldn't you know both of these both of these guys just needed to be in the church you know Derek chauvin if he could have had the church he could have worked all this out. Before he got to to uh to George Floyd, before they had that encounter. That's all he really says about Derek Chauvin. He tells you all about uh, my man George Floyd's criminal past, his, 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 his times, you know, the times that he'd been incarcerated, putting a gun on the pregnant woman and all this stuff. He goes into all of his shit but speaks on Derek Chauvin or he should have, he could have just been in church. But the one thing about it, like George Floyd was who he was. He was fucked up. He had been in the streets doing a lot of shit. Doing better at sometimes than others. Derek Chauvin was a, I'm assuming a police academy officer for a number of years knew the law inside and out. And that's the guy who somehow sat and killed another man. And you just sum it up. Well, he just needed, he should have just been in church. I don't know where I don't even know if that's really in the Bible, but there's something that keeps is always associated with the Bible, but to whom much is given, much is expected. I just don't understand how there's no expectations for Chauvin to have been better than what he was in this particular moment. Again, just like with John Gruden, Chauvin his own actions led him to this moment and led him to his current situation, his own actions, his own actions. How do you defend people who go act out how they wanted to act out? I I just don't get it. But the, what I was gonna say was the 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 black pastor or the preacher that was on there that was on the show. He said he didn't really say he didn't really challenge or go at Jason Whitlock for condemning George Floyd, but he basically the way that he he approached it, he was like, you know, I gotta understand, I gotta be fully understanding. And you got, I like, I could have wasted my time to get the audio and let him say it in his words. But it was basically the same thing as he talked about. Um, he talked about how his church has to approach homosexuality and, and the transgender community. But he was like, I can't condemn these people and I can't hate these actions and these lifestyles or or whatever. I can't hate the person in front of me as much as I have to be understanding and I have to try to, I have to try to show them that through the teachings in this book, they can work through whatever they're trying to work through or whatever they need to work through. And I wish I, I wish I had a better grasp on what the man said, but he definitely was not sitting here a year later, a year plus later harping on. And I can, I totally understand if you don't, if you believe that there shouldn't be a George Floyd memorial. I completely understand that. But to act like George Floyd didn't deserve any kind of justice and that there should be no outcry and that there shouldn't have, you know, that that, that maybe even a trial wasn't warranted because of who he was and what his past was about. That's when I don't, that's when brother, what are you talking about? the fuck is going on with you and then to sit here on this christian i'm this i'm a christian i'm a christian brother what do you know and i guess it's good that you bring these pastors on here to try to support you and what you're trying to say and and this this these teachings and concepts and whatnot that you're you're sitting here uh butchering This is why Stephen A. Smith and Jalen Rose just broadcast. They just do their thing. But to sit here and say that Trey Young is the best player in the NBA is not an attack on God. That's not an attack against Christianity, and that's not an attack against the faith they're not on ESPN talking about their representatives of the church. I mean, good grief. The country is going to hell because women are in a studio being a, a, a a, a moderator, a host, and telling men we got to cut it off right there because we got to go to this commercial. That's why, that's that's an example of why the country is going to hell. Because Molly Karim is on here in a skirt two inches above her knees, that's why black men represent 7% of the total population, but are the are fifty-three fifty-seven percent of the victims of gun violence and homicides. Because Hannah Storm is on there with her skirt doing her thing. Because Sam Ponder is on the panel with you know on Monday night and 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 the football shows. This is why shit is all fucked up in our country. This is why black men 15 to 35 who represent 2% of the total population make up 37% of all homicides in this country. Fuck out of here, man. And all these people in the chat in in all the commenters, I'm, I'm glad to be on the fearless army. I'm, I'm grateful to be on the fear a member of the fearless army. I can't believe the shit that people sign up for and bang on their shit, um, bang on their chest and tell other people who they follow. A strong people don't need strong leaders. I don't follow no fucking body. By the way, with those murder statistics, do we need, I'm on, I'm on two, three weeks back. I'm arguing, not even arguing, wasting my fucking time with people that say we need black mafia family on stars. We need to, we need to know this history. What the fuck is wrong with people on, on all of these different sides? Whitlock over here with his bullshit. Brothers in the live chat, disrespecting. Running rife with their bigotry and hate. And then we got the group that anything they put on TV for you is good is great. Wow. <sighs> wow. I don't want no women in the workplace. Wow. Does he play this shit back and look at what the fuck he said? That's almost some Mike Pence shit. With all the little jokes that was made about him and women. didn't Chappelle have a joke about him on his show on his, on his special, excuse me. I apologize. I really do. If I messed up any of the, uh, the biblical stuff that I was, that I attempted to talk through. But I think if you go read for yourself, uh, and you understand that ESPN is not a church. Fox sports is not a church. The stuff that the source material that, that Whitlock is trying to point to was about the building and the start of the church. I think I told you last week that uh Maverick Carter was on, um, uh, CBS mornings with Gail King in them and um, my man, uh, Nate uh, Burleson and the other guy, sorry to the other guy, Anthony, maybe I don't sound like his name, Uh, but they were talking about, uh, I don't know. Was it Spring Hill entertainment is their company? Maverick Carter with, uh, with um, LeBron James, their entertainment company. He was saying that uh, I want to say maybe the mix is 50% minority employees and and maybe 50% um, women. And he was talking about that was intentional. Sure, somebody could be sitting out there talking about, well, you know, Doing that by design, by design, isn't really representing diversity and inclusion, you know, but if you out here telling black stories that no one else wanted to green light and fund and, 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 tell, I was just watching a video of, um, the, the undefeated video with the interview with, uh, Issa Issa Rae talking about the final season of, um, it's insecure. And she said she wanted to call she was talking about she wanted to call the show Insecure. And the president of HBO was a white guy. And he was like, I, I really see these women as being strong and bold and, um, you know. Hard chargers and trailblazers and all of that. I don't agree with the show being called Insecure. And then she went to that typical art. I mean, not typical, but the, the the argument that I've heard out here that, you know, society kind of mistakes, this strong black woman, these strong black women, uh, they kind of mistake that. And then, you know, it's really not about that. They're strong and indestructible and fearless and all that shit. It's just, they're just trying to do what they're trying to do. They're having human experiences and she she stood strong and explained it differently, and the guy was like, "Oh, I totally see why you going with insecure and the show was able to hold on to his name that she as she intended again communication maybe it was frustrating that he questioned your opinion and this white guy tried to say, with this show for black women what it I get it." um i get it but you know well like i said man I, I apologize if i messed any of this up it's all very you know stuff that you can go read get an understanding of yourself like i started to reach out to my pastor friend that i really need to get back on from this book that he wrote about fatherlessness more masculinity uh I, I would have liked to I I'd like to go, I'd like to have a discussion on this stuff in Genesis. But again, that's not my that's not my that's not my area of expertise. Um But this 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 this, this prevalent attitude towards women like I said it's no it's no it's no surprise that black queers or black trans women, transgender, it's no surprise that they have a problem with black men. Black women got a problem with black men, but we can't talk about this shit. We don't talk about shit. Nobody is able to call anybody out on shit. Nobody's able, nobody can say nothing about those murder statistics. I was talking about that I referenced. Anyway, let me get on out of here, man. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. Be smart. I'm out. Peace.